0: So just let me lie. I'll open your flesh. You make me open my eye. You get the cat scratch fever, and you won't know why. You try to wake me up. You just try. You're making me mad about a thing in the scrap to wake me up. No, don't wake me up. What's the cat gotta do to take a bite?
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and I'm going to try to keep this episode relatively short, uh, because last episode was so long, and uh, at least one listener called it the most boring episode ever. So, uh, that sucks. Uh, I thought it was fun, but I guess I was wrong. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to bring in my first uh, guest, like Scape White here, for example. I'm good. I'm good. Um, how are you?
2: I'm good. I, I've been working real hard. As you know, uh, you just played my song a second ago. You were just strumming and playing my song. Not when I walked in, but before at the beginning. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was playing a much slower, uh, a more sensible to understand version of Cat is Sleeping.
2: Right. And the reason, did you tell the reason?
1: No, I didn't. Uh, the reason I, I played that, um, uh, was because, uh, escape did a new Scapy song. And so I did a little Scapy song introduction. Good sleeping cats, so just... You know. Yeah, they
2: heard it. You don't have to do it again.
1: No, I know. I just was... I was enjoying it.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... I did a new scapey song that we're going to premiere at the end of the show. I'm super excited about that. Uh, that is good. So, uh, let's, yeah, let's do it.
1: Well, no, we have a whole show to do before that.
2: I know, but wait, let's get through the show fast, as fast as you can, because that way, uh, we'll get to my song sooner, duh.
1: Right, no, I, I get that. But, um, you know, we have, we still have two other people to introduce, plus I would like to talk to you a little bit. I mean, I know I said I wanted to hurry, but... There's
2: nothing to talk about. Dad, I, I recorded the song. We're going to talk about the song when we get to the song. So...
1: Let's get to the song, what are you saying? No, we can't get to- I'm This is what I'm saying, we can't get to the song yet We have to do a whole bunch of other stuff first yeah, Dad, I know I'm saying Let's
2: get through the other stuff As fast as we can We gotta get to the song Do you g- understand? I wanna get to the song soon Let's do the other stuff fast Get it done Get all of it finished, out of the way, as fast as possible. Okay, oh, okay,
1: so you don't want to talk?
2: No, I just, I would talk about the song when the song time is happening. I don't need to talk yet.
1: Okay, then, I don't know why you're- i because you're
2: just going so slow. I just want to go faster. How much time are we gonna spend talking about the fact that we're not going fast enough? I want to go faster. Oh my god, Dad.
1: Alright, alright, I'm sorry. I just, I thought we were gonna, you know, I, I mean, I said we were gonna go fast. So. I know,
2: and yet we're still just talking about this. Fine, you wanna talk? I'll talk about, Dad, uh, you did, uh, Cat of Sweeping. We
1: already talked about
2: that. I know, but I wanna talk about it some more, cause we're gonna talk, blah, blah, blah. Uh, guess what? Your version, not as good. My version, better. What do you think? Oh, uh, well, I, actually, I kinda thought my version was pretty good. Yeah, well, you are wrong. My version, it's like wow, that's super, that's the way it's meant to be. It's, wow.
1: Now my version wasn't wasn't that. My version was much more like. Ah. Yeah,
2: that's not that's not as good. I my version's better. Um, super fast and intense,
1: like. Wow. You keep saying that. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, a, it's like a genre. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's actually a genre. I think it's just like a noise you're making. Yeah, but it's like a genre. In what way is it like a genre? It's, in that, that's a kind
2: of song. There are certain songs that you are like, oh, that song, that's
1: like a, song. I don't think anybody's ever said that until just now.
2: Well, they should. I, I'm talking about, you know, really, it's hard to describe. That's why the only word that can do it is, ah.
1: That's not a word, though. It's not a word. I think you mean like a metal song. Metal? Yeah, like metal, like heavy metal.
2: Well, okay, I guess. But my, I think my word is better. It's more
1: apt. Is it more ab? Okay, uh, we do have some other people to bring in. Let's bring in Mr. Uh, Mr. Rory Singh in here. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, hello, Jordan. How are you? I hope you are good. I'm very good. Thank you for uh, for asking. Uh, it's been a little while since uh, last episode, two weeks. How have those two weeks treated you? Fine. You know, in many ways, better than the the time that I was on the podcast because I was really I really felt kind of piled on. On the last few podcasts, you know, people have been very aggressive towards me. I've been getting letters, you know, with unfortunate news. I've been getting, you know, I, you know, I find it quite disturbing actually, because I think I'm, I don't know why I would deserve all of these, these um, attacks, you know, but I, I think that at the actual Queen's Institute for Extra-Historical Studies, things are going swimmingly, you know, the bo- We didn't really talk too much about the ball last week I mean, we talked a little about it but you know the ball was amazing i made all sorts of money you know which was the point and you know raised awareness about the queen's institute so it was a very successful ball the queen was there she loved it you know all, all of these things um so in my day-to-day business i feel like things go quite well but when i come on the podcast you know i feel like like people are against me for some reason and i don't know why that is oh you know I, that's sad that you feel that way well what you know what uh, i'll i'll a mini spoiler right here uh, we did not get any listener mail and uh, like i said i always tell people that this is going to happen that you're going to hear that we have listener mail and you're going to go oh they've got listener mail they don't need any listener mail we still yeah we do we didn't get any um so anyway the point was yes we we have been getting a lot of listener mail uh much of it through like you know important channels uh about about your institute. Let's ask the listeners. Listeners, castinwax at gmail.com. Why is it you guys feel so 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 much animosity towards Rory St. John? He's a good guy. He runs an institute. Yes, you know, I don't I know what I did wrong. I don't know what I did or what I could do to improve my standing on the podcast. For some reason, people seem against me, and I don't I understand it, especially since I'm here, you know, with Frank Allen, who's so much worse than I am. So I don't know why I would be the one getting, you know, Frank let me before he comes on let me talk about him for a moment uh, he's been living at my home he still is he still is he still doesn't have any money he still does not contribute at all to the financial support of my household no he just lives off of it and leeches off of it and he doesn't he doesn't wear what what is it i'm i'm trying to think of a tactful way to say this he doesn't he doesn't wear clothes that befit the standing of my home When he's around my home, when he goes out, you know, he does his best, he looks nice, he smells fine, I suppose. But when he's lounging about my home, I feel like he takes liberties that he should not be taking because my home is a a beautiful place and it does not deserve to be, you know, sullied by the behavior that he is behaving So he's in his underwear. Well, yes, he's in his underwear. That's right. Yes, he's in his underwear for most of the day unless he goes out. And there are days, of course, most of the days he goes out to work. But when he does not go out or when he gets home, he takes most of his clothes off. I do not appreciate this. This is not something that I want in my home. Especially sometimes I bring guests. Sometimes I bring clients to my home. You know, I've been trying not to or to do it when I know he's at work because I know it's very distasteful. No one likes to see him in his underwear at my home it's it's inappropriate is what i think well you know what rory i think we should um i think we should uh we should uh, talk to him about it no i mean no i don't think that's a good idea no we should i mean this is this is the podcast you know this is where our we air our grievances sometimes let's 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 give him a bit of an ultimatum let's let's have it out with him right now let's bring him out um mr frank allen is uh, is here Yes, my name's Frank Allen. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been a while, Jordan, since I've been on the show, as you are aware. Because last time, two weeks ago, uh, you couldn't have me on the show. Because you had someone on who had a restraining order against me. Thank you for that. I let you send in important messages at the end of the show. Yeah. Thanks. Like, that's very helpful. The point is, it's my show. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's my show. No, yeah, but... It's partially my show. I am a co-host of this show and I had to be held back because you wanted to have on your friend. Well, uh, because it's my show. Like I said, my, actually my show. Yeah, sure. The point is I didn't appreciate it. Well, I didn't care whether you appreciated it. It's my show. But, okay, Frank, we uh, we actually called you here for a special reason. What? No, you called me here because so I'm a co-host of the show and I get to be here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, you're right. You're right. But we called you out just now because we need to, we need to have a talk with you. What do you mean? Well, it's a, it's a, I think, uh, I think I should let Rory say it. Rory? What's, uh, what's going on? Well, Frank, um, let's see. How do I put this? Um, you need to stop, no. Yes. You need to stop wearing your underwear around my house or you're going to have to move out. Ah, I don't understand. I, I thought, I thought everything was okay. Everything is not okay. You need to stop. It's disgusting. No one likes it. I don't like it. My guests don't appreciate it. My staff does not appreciate it. No one likes it. You, Frank, are fat. Ah, Rory. I... I never knew that you felt this way. It's not a matter of feeling. It's a fact. You know, you are incredibly unattractive. You're old... You're overweight, and it's just something that that needs to be dealt with. I think I've developed a list here that um, I think if we go through everything on this list, uh, you well you'll be a better person in all ways. And um, you know, uh, let's well let's see. Uh, like I said, I had that list of things. I, I said you were fat. You're old. You're unattractive. Um those are the three main points now i i think if we if we complete everything on this list, we can address those three points and then we won't have a problem anymore well i'm I'm a little confused uh, you have a list to make me not fat old and ugly yes yes i do um it's right here and uh, let's let's go over it Rory, i'm a little uh, i'm sorry i'm a little uh i'm a little confused as well I thought. It was about him in his underwear. No, it is that, and then those are the reasons that it's it's not appealing. No, no, I, I get all that, but I thought I thought like you just were complaining to me, and now all of a sudden you have a list. Well, yes, I was. I mean, I, to be honest, I was hoping that that you would say that. So, yes, uh, Frank. Number one, obviously, you need to lose weight, so I've got a diet set up with my cook, who is only going to give you certain types of food, and at the same time, as you know, I have an exercise room. I need you to use it for at least an hour a day, at least. Um, well, okay, I suppose I could. Absolutely excellent. Um, so those two things will hopefully address the fact that you're fat and, you know, contribute to the unattractive part. Next, you're old. Um, I, I want to wait until you've, you've firmed up a bit your, you know, your stomach and your, your limbs, but, uh, I'm looking into the cost of surgery to remove some of the wrinkles, you know, uh, what they call a, facelift. Uh, in addition, I have plenty of hair dye. You can dye your hair. It, it will help you in, in a major way. I think it will also help you with your job, because people will be much more willing to look at you on a television screen. Because I know, like I said, I know that your, your, your segments have still not aired on Fox News. Well, no, no, they haven't. Right. And I think part of the reason is because you're so unattractive and old and fat. But this will help. Now, again, the unattractive part of most of that will be dealt with when the fat goes away. But I was thinking, in case it doesn't, we could look into a nose job. Your nose is a little a little wonky. Well, it's because co- I, I I broke it when I was young. Right. No, that's what I had guessed. That is what I had guessed. But it is a little, it's just a little off. You know what I mean? Like, pushed like this. Right. No, yeah, because I was, I was punched in the face. I can't imagine why. But that's fine. I, I, we might be able to get that fixed. And um, what I've done is, in addition, at the bottom here, you'll see I I put a breakdown of how much each of these things costs. And I worked it out into a payment plan because I know you're not making that much money right now. But I'm hoping that with these investments made in your looks, you know, you can start making money. And then this payment plan is would, would kick in once you are gainfully employed, you know, and then you would be able to pay me back. Oh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. So I have to pay for it, too? You're going to make me do this, but I have to pay for it. Yes, but like I said, I'm fairly confident this is going to help your job. It's going to help you in all ways. You know, it will help your love life. It will help your... It was everything, everything about your life will be made better. And I think you'll be happy to pay. I'm, I'm not happy to pay. It's not my idea. If you are making me get this thing. You should be paying for it. I am physically going to be paying for it. But I think because you are the one who reaps all the benefits, you know, that maybe you would be the one who would pay me back in the end. That's preposterous. It's you who's making it happen. Yes, but, again, you are—all right. You are the one who is going to be the better-looking person. No, yeah, you're going to be the one who has—doesn't uh, have an ugly guy wandering around in his underwear. You'll have a good-looking guy in his underwear, and that's, that makes your house more appealing. Well, no. I mean, I would still prefer that you not be in your underwear. I mean, be in your underwear, of course. Don't take your underwear off, you know, but have other things on top, even if you are good-looking, because I, first of all, I think this is going to be a very time-dependent uh, um, process. Like, it's not going to happen overnight, and I'd really like you to stop wandering around in your underwear overnight, you know, it, stop now, so that when we get home after this, don't take off your pants, you know, leave them on until you go to bed. That's what, that's what I do, and it's my home, you know, so I think it's reasonable to request that. But it's... It's it's not going to make my. You see what I'm saying? You are not going to make my house more valuable. You are going to make your life more valuable. I still don't see how this is of any. No, this. I think you should be paying for this. Well, all right. Look, um, let me let me let me let me let me see what I can do. Perhaps I will pay for it now, and we'll see how you like the results. You know, if you enjoy them, then you can start paying me back. I'll tell you right now, I'm not gonna. If you give me the option to not pay you back, I'm not gonna do it. Right. Well. um, All right. Then how about you do pay me back? No, I don't like it. But I. Listen, I believe that you will like it. You can't tell me how to feel. No, no, but I can tell you that I believe that you will feel... Oh, you know, this is... Okay, fine. How about this? We'll start with the first two, with the diet and the exercise. We'll leave off the operations because those are, you know, the ones that are the more expensive of the ones I'm already feeding you. The exercise room is already paid for. It doesn't cost me anything. We'll start with those, all right? Fine. And then we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If, if your life, you know, if you want to consult me about these later steps and you want to talk about the payment plan, we can talk about that later on as you realize that your life is getting better. We are. Sure. sure fine. Okay. Um, That was, I was not expecting that to happen. Um, but I guess, so Frank, now you're on a diet and exercise regime. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I do have an announcement. I wanted you all to be here. Scape. Wake up.
2: <laughs>
1: I have an announcement. Frank, go ahead. Okay. The announcement is, uh, last, on the last podcast two weeks ago, the most boring episode ever, uh, we discussed my ideas for a new system of, uh, money. Uh, that would replace money, a, a way of valuing things in a different way, a way of, uh, of redefining human society around the actual worth of people's activities rather than the greedy pursuit of money that has overrun and ruined capitalism. Um, and uh, guess what? What? Uh, we're going to be adopting it. Uh, okay. I mean, that sure, but... That doesn't really mean anything. We don't get paid for the podcast, so to value what we do in a different way. No, no, I don't mean I don't mean the podcast. I mean uh, human society. I'm sorry. Yes, human society. We're going to be adopting. Where I did that podcast, and I talked about this new system. And one of the people who was listening is a really influential uh, insider over at the United Nations. And I know the United Nations sometimes doesn't have the the power to make things happen, but in this case, they got together. They had an emergency session. They presented my idea. They said, this is a much better system than the one that we all have. Everyone is signed up. I'm not talking about just the United States and England. I'm talking about everyone. China is going to be switching over. Uh, they went and they reached out to the countries that are not part of the United Nations, and those countries said, that is, in fact, a sensible system, and we'll... Do it now. Obviously, this is not the kind of thing that can happen overnight. It's a it's a very complex system, so we're just in the early days right now. Um, but hopefully, by the end of two thousand and eleven, the entire world will be switched over to a single currency that is actually based on effort and uh, you know uh, the amount of work that gets put into things. And the and and it's a it's going to be it's going to be something special.
2: You woke me up for this, do Is this totally necessary that I am awake for this?
1: Um, I know. I guess not. You don't have money, and you don't make money. So, fine. Okay, come on. Are you joking with us? No, I'm not joking with you. I, this is a, I, This is something I feel passionately about. Obviously, as you know, because I believe that capitalism is broken. See, so they want to adopt your ridiculous idea—the one that I sat through and listened to you spout nonsense and didn't even bother telling you about how stupid it was. They want to adopt this. Into our uh, actual world. Yes. Yes, they do. And I could not be prouder. I am so happy. Uh, and uh, by the way, you did come around to liking it. No, that was a trick you pulled on myself and Lynn. Nope, 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 nope. You came around during the stuff. You came around and you liked it. <sighs> All right. Fine. Let's say I did. Let's say I did. How? I did... I just... It doesn't... I didn't see... Don't worry, Rory. Don't worry. I know... I can see why you're worried. You're worried because... You know that I personally believe that extra history is total nonsense lies. It's not, actually. No, I know you don't think it is, but I think it is. And you're worried that because it's my system, it's going to not value that. And it will value that. Um, It will value the amount of time it took you to make those things up, which usually is off the top of your head. So it won't be that much. No, no, but it's also supposed to do the training. I made, I did lots of training. You did do lots of training, all of which, unfortunately, will, yes, will, in order to be fair, get factored in. Um, so the fact that your entire career is a giant, long con uh, will, in fact, help you in that respect. You will still be making some amount of money. That is more than, like, the average person pumping gas or something. Yes, because you did train more than them. So uh, as as worthless as your occupation is, it will be paying it as though it was worth something. I can't, I can't believe that you're going to get money for this. Well, all right, as long as I'm getting but, – but see, I didn't, I like the fact that I can pay – I like the world where things are worth what what people are willing to pay, you know? Right. And that's exactly the the hideous, greedy, scamming people like you are exactly the reason that we're, we're changing this. Well, that, that wasn't very nice. No, not to you, but it's nice to the people you take advantage of. Uh-huh. And that's what matters most. So, um, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know, uh, we're probably going to be talking about it again at some point soon, you know? Uh, it is such a big change in the, the world that I'm sure everybody will be talking about it on the news, and um, you'll hear about it in the economy. I, I, I personally, I'm a huge fan of Paul Krugman, uh, who writes for the New York Times. I can't wait to hear his article on it. He's terrific. Um, so I look forward to seeing what he thinks, guys. I, I thank you so much for supporting me. Thank you so much for helping to destroy this corrupt system that we we live in. I couldn't have done it without you. This has got to be a joke. I wish it was a joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. This is... All right. Let's uh, Let's let's get on with it. Uh, I did say we were going to try to go fast. Uh, we have three wonderful radio serials here. The, 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 the two continuing ones, uh, Slam Jackson Adventurist and Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again, as well as a special all-new uh, segment, which hopefully... You will all enjoy. Let's jump right into it.
3: Slam Jackson! (laughs) Adventurist! By Daniel Schwartz. Episode 4, The Liverpudlian Gambit. Our story opens at that time of the year again when Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist... Hi. ...makes his semi-annual trip to the dentist.
4: Well, Slam, your smile remains as healthy as it is enchanting. Thanks? I'm almost sorry to send you your way, knowing it'll be a long, cold six months before your next visit.
3: Sorry, Doc. Maybe I'll eat more candy before I see you in the spring.
4: And to spoil a mouth as pure as snow on Walden Pond? (laughs) God in heaven, no!
3: Okay, gotcha. See you in March. As the fearless foe of folly flees the dentist's office, he is struck in the neck by a paralyzing dart! Ow, what the- uh, uh. Immersed in a miasma of unquiet dreams, our hero takes some time to return to consciousness. Uh, Oh man, where am I? What's with the animals? Oh... As if in response to his inquiry, Slam Jackson is suddenly brought face-to-face with his arch-nemesis, Duffington Bear Chaser!
5: Slam Jackson, glad you could join me. I had feared the dot too potent to rouse you from sleep. What's this all about, Bear Chaser? Did you manage to capture that snipe I sent you after? No, but it was hot on the trail of that feral gander that I developed a new plan for you, Slam Jackson. In my quest to become the world's greatest big game hunter, I realized that fowl were not the quarry I should be seeking. Oh, really? None of your snide remarks, Slam Jackson. I do not stand here before you in my finest panda skin trousers to be mocked. No, I brought you here as an expert on wily prey. What? The snipe. No man before you could suggest such an elusive target for my skill and so when i considered my new project you were the logical choice what indeed enough foreplay let us cut to the bloody marrow of this matter slam jackson you shall be my opponent in the most dangerous game liverpool rummy what shocked i see as was i when i learned of it here i cut your bonds that you might join me at this whale-leather-covered card table to pit our wits against each other. You drugged me and kidnapped me to play a card game? The card game, Slam Jackson. Now sit and taste your abject humiliation like a man.
3: Ten rounds later, however, the panda pantsed predator
5: has changed his tune profoundly you have defeated me 2400 points to nothing impossible dude you suck at this game no i am duffington bear chaser the greatest big game hunter to ever draw sights on a bald eagle down the barrel of an elephant gun i wondered about the chandelier how did you do it slam jackson how could you have beaten me dude Chill. It's a card game. No! You must have played some kind of trick on me. You cheat and deceive! No, Duff, you're just really bad. Your dishonorable behavior makes a joke of my skill. Go, coward! I will not have such unsportsmanlike performance in my presence.
3: You're letting me go?
5: Leave, Slam Jackson! Leave me to sit in my penguin bone chair and drink this shameful encounter from my memory! Okay. Toodles. And so, unscathed,
3: save for the hole in his neck, our hauntingly handsome hero exits Duffington Bear Chaser's rustic hunting lodge. After a moment's consideration, he grits his uncannily beautiful teeth. I'll bite. Where the hell am I? Where the hell is the Lodge of Duffington Bear Chaser located? How will everyone's favorite protagonist discern his way home? Will his dentist still validate his parking? Difficult though it may seem, gentle listeners. Stand firm until the next episode of Slam Jackson.
1: Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson, Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jair Kunrat, the dentist was jackie Ann Sins, and Duffington Bear Chaser was Daniel Schwartz.
6: Again, a chirumbolo story by Daniel Schwartz and Pete Bowers. Episode 4, Meet and Greet. Commissioned during World War II to combat the restless dead of the Nazi war machine, an army of mighty robots stood tall as bulwarks of liberty in a world gone mad. Sixty years later, our story continues as Saffron and Mike meet at the Silver Rose.
3: So... Awful lot of weather we've been having lately.
4: Yeah, I...
3: Wait, what? Something my dad used to say. Oh, here, I brought you these.
4: Flowers! How oh, nice! Sure. So, do you bring a lot of people here? You're pretty! What? Oh, jeez. Sorry. I'm... I'm just real nervous. Long time for you too, huh? Yeah. Wasn't that good to start with either? Oh, I know the feeling. One time I was out with this guy who collected Star Wars cups. Star Wars cups? Like from fast food chains. Just cups with Star Wars pictures on them. That's not so bad. And that's what I said before the four hour lecture about Star Wars cups. I am now the world's second leading expert. So I should hide my model trains? Can you drink out of them? No. Then talk about them as much as you like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually collect model trains. Oh, thank God. There's not much interesting about me, really. You're kidding, right? I am. You work at a miniature golf course with the robots.
3: Oh, yeah, that. Well, it's a job, you know? How'd you start working
4: there? Well, I bought the land, built the course, opened for business. Oh, so you own a mini golf course staffed by robots they're retired they help out and this never seemed interesting to you well i've known them all my life the charm wears off i've met a couple of robots they seem okay i guess it's like star wars cups anyway enough about me what do you do charity work (laughs) volunteering stuff like that sounds nice keeps me busy Of course, I still need to deal with the family. Like Sunflower? Starflower. Sorry. So am I. But you know my dad, big on weird names. Kind of a hippie? Not exactly. Wait a minute. Saffron and Starflower? Is your dad- Yeah. Oh, wow! I can't believe it! Don't tell me you're a fan. Not really, but my dad has all of Hitler's albums. God, even revision? Autographed copy. Wow. There's a fan. So what's it like? Being Saffron Hitler? Well, yeah. No basis for comparison. Dad's a rock star, mom's a Buddhist nun in Cambodia. Uncles are all clones. I guess it's like living with robots.
3: Oh, look.
4: I don't live with them. That would be weird. From the sound of it, we wouldn't know Weird if it jumped into bed with us. We're in bed together? Let's get through dinner.
6: Meanwhile, across town, Prime is arriving at Carlin Building Supplies as the assistant manager. Jeff is closing up.
7: Hey, Prime. Your orders are on the back. I'll take you there. We actually talked about you guys today in class. I didn't want to mention you. Figured it would be like name-dropping, you know? Still, it's really amazing to hear about the stuff you did in the war. I was thinking of writing a paper about it. Could I interview you? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that was a dumb question. Still, i kind of like you to take a look at it. Make sure I didn't get anything wrong. Is that okay? Thanks, I really appreciate that. Well, here's the stuff. So, how's the project going, anyway? So, good? Great. Uh, listen, before you go, some friends and I are going paintballing this weekend. You want to come? Uh, okay, maybe some other time. Take it easy, man. Uh, robot... Dude? Dude. Night.
6: Meanwhile, at the Silver Rose, Mike and
4: Saffron seem to be hitting it off. And that's why I don't like rhinoceroses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I shouldn't laugh, but that's hysterical. Six years later, yeah, we can laugh.
3: My mom had something like that happen once. We were at Colonial Williamsburg for the day, and this blacksmith was giving her the eye. Giving her the eye? You know what I mean, checking her out. And suddenly, he just brings down the hammer and misses the anvil entirely. Oh, no! Which knocks over the cooling bucket, so he slips and lands on a pile of scrap iron. Oh,
4: that is terrible!
3: That's what the horse he was going to shoe thought. Pretty soon, it's on the loose, and the whole thing gets completely out of hand. <laughs> <sighs> okay, okay. I guess
4: it's not really the same thing. Not at all. But it's funny as hell. Yeah. So, what's your position on dessert? I'd love to, but I should get back. Oh, come on. I tell you the Colonial Williamsburg story and you give me the brush off? I can't believe it myself. Colonial Williamsburg aside, I've got to watch the kids for Dad tomorrow morning. He's leaving for tour and the nanny has the week off. Okay, be the big sister. But can we do this again? I think I'm getting the hang of it. You know, sure. Here's my number. Business card. Very upscale. The perks of being Hitler's daughter. Wait a sec, give it back. Here's my personal line. I want to talk to you soon. How soon? Is there a minimum distance where I don't look like a creep? I told you the rhinoceros story. You can call whenever. Worst case, I'll have my phone off. Okay. I'll walk you to your car. How? You don't know where it is. I'll follow you. Were you planning on hiding? No. But now that it's occurred to me... How about this? I'll count to fifteen and give you a head start. Okay, Barton. Hope you're not full, because you'll be eating my dust. Seriously? You're right, I take it back. (laughs) One, two... As
6: Mike nears 15, Prime arrives at an isolated construction site bearing a heavy shipment of material. I'm doing alone at night laying a single building stone what will others think of Mike and Saffron's successful first date join us next time for another episode of Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again
1: in that episode of the Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again the narrator was Charles Berman, Saffron was Angela Tyman. Mike was Mickey Woishner, Prime was Eddie Kushner, and Jeff was Jordan Randall. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. Did you know that on November 8th, 1994, for the first time in 40 years, the Republican Party wins control of both the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate in midterm congressional elections? Led by Representative Newt Gingrich, they set out the Contract with America, a 10-point legislative plan to reduce federal taxes, balance the budget, and dismantle social welfare programs.
4: Hi-ho! Newt Gingrich here. Newt Gingrich also here. Welcome to Crossfire. Well, uh, frankly, uh, you're not Newt Gingrich. Gingrich, I am. Hi, hole. I'm Neil is...
8: Gingrich, and I've got this gun I've just found lying around to prove it. But, Mr. Gingrich, I left my baby
6: on
1: stage. Bang!
4: <laughs> the lovers, the dreamers, and <laughs> <of> me. <laughs>
1: And that live broadcast of Crossfire did prove once and for all that you should lock up your guns, not leave them lying around. Because people who don't understand how these things work, like children or Republicans, might find them and do damage. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton My name is Rory St. John On November 15th, 1777 After 16 months of debate The Continental Congress, sitting in its temporary capital of York, Pennsylvania Agrees to adopt the Articles of the Confederation and Perpetual Union
6: Listen, we've got six kids already in this Congress I don't think we can have Articles of Confederation, too
5: Sweet crackers, I'm blind! Well, how can I'm you... also John Adams! How can you sign our new document, John, and sit down? Who said that? It's me, Tom Jefferson Tom Jefferson doesn't sound like that you're a vile red coat. Bang 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 ah! it's weird that you actually hit tom jefferson with that being blind and all who Maybe... said that is that you john madison bang bang well see now you're not even hitting me get your eyes examined then come back okay no go out the door now <laughs> i'm sorry two days later sweet crackers i can see again thank you for these bifocals ben franklin and a totally historically accurate statement made by me john adams
1: and while it was a happy day for John Adams, the world shortly ended because Thomas Jefferson was killed. Meaning you should always get your eyes checked before you go blind and kill someone. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Don't shoot! I'm on your side! My name's Rory St. John and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And how coincidental was that? Two stories about American politicians with guns. Well, all American politicians do carry guns, so it's not really that unusual. But it does call to mind the question, what would have happened if John Adams met Newt Gingrich? And I think it would sound a little like this.
5: Sweet crackers. I'm John Adams. I'm New Gangrich, and I've got this gun. Bang! 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 Ah!
1: And oh, what a shame that day would have been. But you can take from this story the two important lessons. One, you shouldn't let guns fall into the hands of people who don't understand those things, like for example, oh you know, children. And secondly, you should get your eyes checked, or you might wind up shooting someone that you need for part of the, you know, formation of the government of the United States of America. My name is Rory St. John, and this is Wow, are they now in history on Cast and Wax.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into the Superior Transmission Network with me, Wally Russman, here on PoliTalk. That's right. I didn't name the program. I am the only host of PoliTalk worth listening to. That's right. Tuesdays and Thursdays, PoliTalk with Wally Russman, where I'm always right, no matter what I say, this week's topic, reading, AIDS, cause and effect. Ladies and gentlemen... I have several things to discuss here, several things that are being kept out of the open by the people that mean to obscure them, and that's just why. Ladies and gentlemen, how many people do you know that have AIDS? If you're my listeners, hopefully very few, but if you've tuned into me by accident, probably very many. That's right, sordid listeners, all your AIDS-infested friends, how many of them can read? Probably most. That's right. I've gone to the doctor, I've seen the kind of medicine that they prescribe to AIDS patients, and all of it's got language written on it in English, instructing them how to take the pills. If the AIDS patients didn't speak English, it wouldn't have English instructions on it. If AIDS patients were illiterate, There would be pictures on the bottles. I'm telling you this right now, and it's irrefutable. You wouldn't give words to people that didn't know how to read them. You'd be uh, condemning them to death. That's a death sentence right there. And either there's a whole other issue we need to deal with, with killing people intentionally by labeling things with words, or we've got an AIDS-infested population in this country who universally can read. Right there's a correlation, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's because the AIDS people can read that they got AIDS. One-to-one correlation. I'll tell you why. If you can read, that's gonna lead you directly to books. If you're one of those people that knows what the books say, you are their target audience. Go around America today, I challenge you. Go to publishers, go to the people that are responsible for books getting into our towns and our schools and our libraries and ask them who their target audience is. To a man, they're going to tell you their target audience is people who can read. What's in those books? I'll tell you guys. I don't want to admit to being able to read, but it was forced upon me at a young age. And that's part of the problem in America right now, is there's not enough freedom of choice. My parents taught me to read before I had any say in the matter. I've looked in a couple books, and it's all intellectual stuff. It's all things that the people that are trying to run this country into the ground from the World Bank and the intellectual elites know about, they're cramming books full of it. If you read, you're getting intellectual stuff. And if you become an intellectual, everybody knows what that makes you. Promiscuous. Go to New York. Go to Boston. Go to frickin' Canada. What do you find? intellectuals having sex all the time without caring who it's with, without caring how many AIDS they get, it's full of them. Books are causing this. Books are causing the intellectuals. The intellectuals are having sex, and that gives you AIDS. We need to give people freedom of choice whether to be literate or not. We need to tell them not to choose literacy so they can preserve their health and they can save us all from AIDS. We're gonna go to open lines here, ladies and gentlemen. Literacy, AIDS, AIDS, literacy. Two words, simple equation. Who do we got? Hello. Hey. Uh, am am I on the air, sir? Yes, you're on the air with me, Wally Russman, on Politalk Tuesdays and Thursdays. What do you got? A pleasure, Wally. <laughs> uh, you know, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, I'm just I'm.
3: I'm really confused because you're you're telling me that that
6: reading causes AIDS. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Reading causes AIDS. Reading causes AIDS. Listen to my words. Reading causes AIDS. Are you sure you've yes. checked your
3: facts? Because I don't
6: need to check my facts. I'm
3: sure. There's no, but. There seems to be so many more probable causes of this disease. They are
6: not more probable because I have a certainty right here. If you're certain of one thing, any other cause is highly improbable. In fact, it's wrong. For instance, I'm certain that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. You could tell me it's really probable that it's going to blow up instead... But no, it's not probable because I'm certain of something else. You see what I'm saying? Some people don't understand logic out there, and that's fine, but I'm here to enlighten people. I consider myself a teacher. I'm starting a movement here to be logical, calm, and smart. But sir, you don't...
3: Sir, I don't think you understand, though, like... The there is nothing is the I don't understand. Facts. Don't
6: insult me. Don't insult I'm me. Not... I let you onto my program. Don't insult me. There in... is nothing I don't understand. I've told you that going in. That's part of the rules of the game. There is nothing I don't understand, and you come on and insult me I... by contradicting me. Sir, Why?
3: I'm not insulting you. I you just
6: contradicted me again. This is an Look, insulting I'm just,
3: call. I'm just trying to... Con- I'm just trying to get you to confirm your facts. I mean, I'm I have willing. confirmed
6: the fact already. As soon as I said it, the fact is reading causes AIDS. Did you I just th- confirmed it? Is there a study, or is there some sort of testing that has been done? Where would I find the study? Where would I find it? At the Wall Street Journal. What's maybe? that? What's that? The Wall Street Journal. Play is along a- with me. What is it? The Wall Street Journal is a newspaper that. Yes. And what do you do to a newspaper? How do you find out what's in the newspaper? You
3: buy it and then you read it. Oh,
6: and you read you want you expect me to read and increase my chance of AIDS just to 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 check the facts on something I already know. Look Just because I I mean, just because I think you should check your facts, just, (gasps) that doesn't mean anything, and that doesn't mean I have AIDS. Exactly, what you're saying doesn't mean anything, and I never said you had AIDS. I just said there's a higher probability. Thank you for your call. All right, all right, open lines here. I know this is high level for some of you guys. I'm sorry you're not all getting it, but I'm trying to enlighten you. This is the truth. Who do we have on the lines?
5: Hello, Wally. Hello, who do we have? This is Dr. Sven Olofsson.
6: Doctor, another intellectual. Okay, Oh, no. To rest, the
5: show. rest assured, sir. I have no intellect. All right. I attained my doctorate the old-fashioned way, by eating the heart of a doctor.
6: Let me tell you, Oleg, if doctors had hearts, we wouldn't have so much death in this country right now. Probably. All right. What do you have for us on the program?
5: Well, I don't know about that other guy who just called in, but I personally have performed a study where I punched a guy and then he told me I was right. Incontrovertible proof that reading and aids are fundamentally connected reading Thank is you. the fundamental Thank cause you. of aids
6: you're the guy you're the kind of guy that is the backbone of this program and you're the kind of people we depend upon if you punch a guy and he tells you you're right that is the might makes right that is what this country is founded on that is the christian principles of the united states i haven't punched any of you in the audience cuz i'm on the radio but i could and i would still be right and that's what this program is founded on If I punched you and told you reading causes AIDS, I would still be right, and you would hurt a little bit more for not listening to what I'm telling you. You'll all hurt if you don't listen to what I'm telling you. Probably. All right, thank you for the call. Anytime. Open lines here on Politalk Tuesdays and Thursdays with Wally Russman. Reading causes AIDS. Any comment? Call in. Hello.
9: Hi, Wally. This is uh, Mrs. Robert Jenkins, and I want to thank you so much for spreading the message. Absolutely.
6: Thank you for calling, Mrs. Jenkins.
9: I mean, honestly, when you look at the state of the world we're in right now, I mean, you know, when you read you're cutting off the rest of the world, it knocks out that level of intimacy of seeing somebody eye to eye and talking to them. Absolutely does. Honestly, if I pick up one more piece of literature on, like, you know, um, independent feminism and, like, alimony and... And domestic abuse, my husband's going to kill me, so it's really not really beneficial for the, the lifestyle I'm in currently.
6: Thank you. Now, I, I, I want to thank you for, for underscoring how illiteracy is part of the cornerstone of the American family, and how you're really the heart of America right now, and it's real Americans like you who we need, and not liberal intellectual elites. Like some of our earlier callers.
9: Seriously, I mean, we should just do away with the whole reading process. I mean, I don't even know why I'm speaking right now, because I didn't ask permission.
6: All right, well, our call screener was supposed to make sure you had permission to speak. I'll review him later, but thank you for the call. Yeah. And uh, I, I admire you. This really touches my heart, that people are taking the message to heart that we are going to have a Wally Russman revolution in this country. Keep out there, Rustites. It's gonna happen. Alright, who else do we have on the line here? Open lines. Hello, my on the Air. Yes, you are. Oh, I- Politalk Tuesdays and
8: Thursdays with Wally Russman. Hi, Wally. How are you today?
6: I'm good, how are you?
8: Listen, it's really awesome to be on your show. I'm a, I'm a big fan. You know, you've had, like, what, the, the two whole episodes now? Absolutely. Oh. Last Tuesday, last Thursday, Politalk with Wally Russman. So I guess I'm a longtime fan coming, you know, and I hope to continue to listen to you. Now, listen, I, I just want to tell you what a great job you're doing, and, and I'll tell you what, this whole AIDS and reading thing, I mean, I I never did it as a kid. I never read. You not never one... had AIDS, or you never did reading? Well, I've, I never read, so obviously, I could tell you standing here today, I'm honest to god not a speck of AIDS on That's me That's logic right this, there you got to follow I mean the, right. the the proof is in the pudding bitch Shut up buddy That's my wife I'm sorry She's, she hasn't gotten the cough syrup yet. She's she's getting kinda bitchy. Alright, well I gotta Sex get the, through to you right now. Sex in the city's coming on soon and she doesn't know what time it I is. I gotta
6: get through to you right now. If your wife thinks you have AIDS, if your wife thinks you read, if your wife thinks any of those things are good, you gotta get through to her. That's what my program is for. Make her listen, turn the radio up, get the message through to save her to save your kids, to
8: save your marriage. Yeah, all 13 of them, I'll tell you what. I've been trying to tell her 13 this. marriages or kids? Well, both really, one per marriage. I try to keep an even statistic up okay. here. But here's, here's what we did recently. We recently went to my high school graduation party. Well, not party, we went to a reunion, rather. And I'll tell you what, I was the only one in my class that didn't graduate. You know why? I didn't read. Guess how many people were there? It was just me and my wife. That was it. You know what happened to those other bastards? What? Got AIDS! And died!
6: This is is an incontrovertible fact that some of you might not know.
8: AIDS is a deadly disease. It's true. I'm glad I work as a construction worker. I don't have to do any ounces of reading. I just lift the dumbbells, those big heavy iron things. The boss says there. I really don't know why the hell people need to read nowadays. I is making honest wage. You are
6: the salt of the earth and you're doing the kind of job we need to have you keep doing because if you stop
8: doing that job, Mexicans are going to do it instead. All right, well, thank you for being on the show. I gotta go. My wife is throwing shit at me now. God, I will throw you on the string that the pigeons ate off your eye sockets if you don't shut the hell up. I better go while she's angry. It's better when she's angry.
6: All right, you're listening to the Paula Talk, Tuesdays and Thursdays with me, Wally Russman. We got some really erudite callers, and, and uh, we got some really smart people here, the salt of the earth. Smart people who know to bring down intelligence because they're listening to me, Wally Russman. The Russmaniacs out there know where it's at. Open lines here. Let's hear who we got.
3: Hey, bro. What's up, man? How's it
6: going? What do you got?
3: Oh, doing good, dude. Bacon. But, like, I I totally, totally know where you're coming from, bro. And I agree. AIDS. Reading. Not cool. But, Here's something I, you haven't mentioned yet, and I'm surprised. Publishing companies, man. I did mention them. Not enough. I well, think I can we agree should with cover you that topic again. There
6: is, there is no subject that I can ever say that I've covered enough. I can never say that I've talked enough about anything. Like I can never say that I've done talking about something. You've been talking
3: about this, and they know now. Like publishing companies, they know. Reading
6: causes a- I know I make enemies. I still, make enemies in no, places. Books are still getting made, man. Books still getting made, You man. have put your finger on the problem. Oh, right there. Guys yeah. like us, real Americans, have got to go against this. Exactly. And the elites in the publishing houses are going to fight it because they want their jobs that they are using to steal our health, a, from, our, us a a health from us with they they AIDS. They are taking health out of our bodies- Turning it into money and putting in, it in their pockets. In their pockets.
3: Yeah, man. Like,
6: oh, I'm so hungry. All
3: right, I got to go. But right. you keep fighting that Thank fight. Thank you call. Fight the fight. Fight I'm a Rusty fight. for you, man.
6: We've got publishers out there. They don't want you to know this. This is why you will never read in a book that reading causes AIDS. Because the people that make the books are a special interest. If you read in a book that reading causes AIDS, you're not going to read any more of that company's books. All right. Who else do we got here? It's uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Paula Talk with me, Wally Russman. What more do we have from the Rusmaniacs out there?
10: Like, hi, Wally.
6: How's it going? Hello.
10: Hi. Okay. So I was listening and I heard that guy, like the construction worker, and it made me think, which is really, like, that's hard and it's a little dangerous, but I'm not going to do it too much. And, um, like, you know how we have all these Mexicans coming in and taking our jobs? All like, too well. Like, all too well. They can't read, Wally. And you know what you never hear about them having? AIDS. You never hear about the AIDS crisis in Mexico. It's always the AIDS crisis here. I'm just saying. You like, never
6: hear about it, and i They're stealing you,
10: our jobs, and it's all because people refuse to stop reading.
6: I'll tell you what. Go into any bookstore in this country. Don't stay too long, but just go for an experiment. Look at the book section that says Spanish books. You'll see one shelf, if that. Look at the rest. They're all in English. I'll tell you like, right like, now.
10: Okay, I don't think that they're, like, smarter than us or anything, but, like... All I'm I'm saying is they're taking our jobs, they don't have AIDS, and they don't read. You know, like...
6: There is a connection there. You cannot deny that connection. The publishing companies are targeting us, the English speakers, with English-speaking books to give us AIDS. If we all die out of AIDS, and those Spanish speakers that don't read are left, who's going to do all the jobs? Exactly. Thank you, Wally. Great show. Thanks for the call. Hope we'll be on in English next week. Who knows, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Talk with me, Wally Russman. We got some great Russmaniacs out there. Who else is on the lines? Nobody. Well, you know what I like to say, ladies and gentlemen? Silence is agreement. If nobody's talking to you, nobody's disagreeing. Since nobody has called to contradict my fact that reading causes AIDS, books cause reading, AIDS causes death. Death causes job loss. I'm going to take that as an agreement from all of you. Fact has been proven. It's me, Wally Russman, on Politalk with Wally Russman, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Keep listening. Keep holding the torch. The Russman revolution is going to happen here on Politalk. Good night, everybody, and remember not to read. Keep your wits about you, keep your eyes open, and keep your mind closed
1: talk with Rory Russman featured the voice talents of Charles Berman, Mickey Weishner, Daniel Schwartz, Cheryl Casey, Jordan Randall, and Aaron Morrissey. Thank you very much, Rory, and I hope everybody enjoyed talk with Wally Russman. I actually quite enjoyed it. I, I uh, partially because I, I actually enjoy watching things that make me mad. Um, it, hopefully, as you know, uh, as we've established, things will get so much better in the world that I will have less opportunity to watch, uh, terrible shows by people who make me furious, but I, 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 used to like watching the, um, the O'Reilly factor uh, frequently. I would watch it almost every day for a while there and just, just get so angry, just get so angry. And once in a while I still do. So uh, anyway, Wally, uh, is a good guy. I'm sure I haven't met him in person. I would like to, uh, hopefully I would be able to contain my socialist leanings in order to, to speak with him. But at any rate, um, let's, uh, let's get right on it. Oh, let's get to our, uh, our email. Do we have any email? No, as I've established, we had no email Castinwax at gmail.com people Castinwax. When you hear an episode, when we have lots of mail, you have to say they have lots of mail, but I want to keep it that way. I'm going to send more mail because that's what happens. We got all that mail last week, almost, almost too much. It wasn't too much. It was fine. And then this week we have none because everybody goes, they've already got, pla-. no, you got to just argh, use your, lo- this is why I have the control over reason and logic. Apparently our listeners don't. Why am I insulting our listeners? <laughs> listeners. I love you. Please write into us. Cast at gmail.com. Is that better? Yeah. Don't insult. That's one of the big things. Don't insult the listeners. Right. Right. It is. Uh, okay. Uh, so guys, um, thank you. Thank you, Frank. Uh, you're welcome. Why are you thanking me? Oh, I'm thanking you because, like I said, I'm trying to make the show a little shorter. I'm thanking you because I'm going to move on to the scapy stories, and I'm kind of going to be done with talking to you and Rory. Oh well, you guys had a big thing at the beginning with the, you know, with the ultimatum when you said he was ugly and fat. That hurts. Well, no, I know, but I, I'm just saying, uh, you guys had a whole thing, and so now I'm going to get to the scapy thing. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Write into us, CassandWax, gmail.com. Send to me some stuff about Extra History. Oh, and tell us why you hate Rory. I, I don't understand it. Well, yes, please tell us about that, I suppose. And write in for stuff about Frank, too. I, I don't know what, but, you know, here's Frank. Yeah, write into to me. Send me uh, ideas for interviews. I haven't done an interview in ages, but I should. Who do you want to see me interview? Tell me that, and I'll do it. Well, I'll try, anyway. That's a good idea. Well, thanks, good. Thanks, Frank. I appreciate that. So, uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, right. Um So, Scapey, uh I want to talk to you, because this is your... Uh, your big, uh, your big song now. Uh, we're gonna play it in just a moment. Now, the assignment, if you recall. Of course I recall. No, I know. It's a, it's a figure of speech. The assignment, if you recall, is, I, I'm, I'm mostly talking to the listeners. You know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to cheat for them. You have to be the cabbage head. I'm not
2: a cabbage head. Yes, but
1: it's a term. You have to pretend you don't know. So yeah, that, I obviously know. I did a song already. I'm not doing it now. I already did it. Right. No, I know. But I'm, okay. Why do I argue with you? As you know, yes. the assignment was uh, that you have three assignments, and they're all focusing on layers of a song. So for each song I, you do, pick an instrument, vocals, or technology that makes up one layer of the song and focus your song around it. For example, in your essay, you can write about – you have to do a two-paragraph essay. You write about how you use that part and how it works with the other parts of the song. So uh, for this first song, what what layer of the song were you – focused
2: on. Well, I'll read my essay that I memorized, okay? Uh, hello. Once upon a time, I wrote this song. It's called Mess on Your Hands. And I was focused on a particular layer of the song. And that layer of the song, when I was making the song and writing the song, was the ukulele part. Now, you're probably wondering, how did I play the ukulele? I I, I didn't! I don't play the ukulele. I had a session musician named my dad playing the ukulele part, but I we started with the ukulele part. He was playing it, and I would say, okay, do this, okay, do this, okay, okay, do this now. And he did, and we recorded the entire song, just the ukulele part, all the way through first. Then came m- making all the other layers of the song, and we said, okay, Now we know what the ukulele sounds like, what's next? How about the bass part? And we did a bass part to fit with the ukulele part. And then we were like, how about the drums? And we did a drum part to fit with the ukulele part. And then we were like, okay, what about the voice part and the subject of the song? What are we gonna do about that? And then I was like, well, I'll tell you. I will sing a melody that fits Okay, with the ukulele part, right? Like, I will listen to it, and I will go, That's not the melody, because I don't want to spoil it, but that's how you do it. And then, after I wrote the melody, wrote the melody, then I was like, so what am I going to be singing about? And, again, fitting in with the airs, right? I said, what did the ukulele part feel like it was about, okay? And then I wrote about that. And the answer is, it's about, uh like, kind of being, like, a little freaked out. uh Like, about being, like, uncomfortable and not fitting in a little bit. So that's what it's about. Okay, here is my song. Everybody should love it. It's called Mess on Your Hands, okay? Okay,
1: Uh, this is Mess on Your Hands, and uh, everybody, be seeing you.